I love you. Thank you for letting me be here this morning. It's been a blessed two years. I'd like to thank my wife for letting me move to Monroe and be in agreement to move to Monroe. She had to be on board. That was the only way I could come. And God has blessed me with a wonderful wife and a wonderful family. And I'm thankful for God for that. If you have your Bibles with me, if you'll turn, turn to Mark chapter 9. We're going to jump in the word of the Lord real quick. We're going to be reading from Mark chapter 9 from the KJV. It reads like this. When he came to his disciples, I'm reading from verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them. And the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to salute him. They running to salute him. And he asked the scribes, what question you with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and he pineth away. And I spake unto thy disciples, and they could not cast him out. To cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed and foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes it cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us. And help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, thou can believe. All things are possible to him that believe. And if you'll allow me, I would like to read that final verse in another version. It's not the KJV, so forgive me. It's the ESV. It's not as good. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for what you've already done in this service. God, we feel your presence here. God, your presence is so strong in this room, Lord, that you can take over at any time. And Lord, when you get ready, I pray you do. God, I pray that you touch every soul, every saint in this house this morning. God, touch us. Let us leave your chains. Anoint my words. Anoint my notes. Anoint my mind. And anoint their ears. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. 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 This morning I would like to preach to you from this very, very simple subject, which is if you can, he will. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, if you can, he will. Now look at the other one so they don't feel left out and say, if you can, he will. And if you're by yourself, just encourage yourself like David did. <laughs> if you can, he will. I don't know what else I need to say, but I will. But if you can, he will. A few weeks ago, I was in the prayer room, which is my habit. I'm, I pray in the wedding chapel, what it's called. And sometimes I pray in the, the youth sanctuary. It just depends what day of the week it is. But that's my circle, so you know my pattern. That's where I'm at. And I was in the wedding chapel, and I began to pray, and I began to speak to God. And I wasn't praying about Sunday. I was praying about that day. I was praying about God. And 
It's not my habit when I make my daily devotion to pray about what i got to speak to people. That's about me and God. So that's what it was about. But God stopped me in my tracks. And he started speaking to me. And I started listening. And I began to walk around that wedding chapel. And I'm a little nosy. So I opened up that they have a pulpit in there. And I opened up that pulpit. Just looking around because I'm nosy. So I was just kind of listening to God. And I opened that pulpit up, and as soon as I looked down, I saw this, this phone book. Y'all remember those phone books? Those real big, thick phone books that when you would walk out on a Saturday morning or whatever day they decided to bring them by. I mean, it was kind of like, like a highlight, you know. I know it was for me. And I know my students, they won't understand this, so I'm sorry. But us people that are above, let's say, 20, they will. Maybe 30. Well, I'm 35. I'm good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God. But I, I looked at the phone book, and I began to think about the phone book and how I would get it on that Saturday morning or, or what day it was, and I would look through it and look through the ads, and I would look through the phone numbers, and I made prank call two or three people, just act like I needed something. And I just had fun with it because it was a highlight for me. I didn't have many friends, and we lived in the woods, and we didn't have TV, so it was a highlight for me. For the phone book. That tells you about my childhood right there, Pastor. It was pretty dry. I looked in the phone book for a good time. But anyways, I begin to reminisce about my childhood. Because things do that. It's crazy how things spark a thought in your mind and you begin to reminisce. I begin to reminisce about my childhood and I begin to think about, and, it, and what started with a phone book led me to thinking about things that are no longer around. Pay phones, typewriters, VHS, and VCRs, to name a few, are all but obsolete. You may have a VCR at your house, and that's awesome. Really good, because Taylor has some in the attic, and we can come watch them at your house. I don't know why she keeps those tapes. But we have them. But pay phones, phone books, and bag phones, and pagers, they've been replaced by cell phones. Analog typewriters and things of that nature have been replaced by digital laptops, and we're living in a digital world. Before we had these projectors, we had what you would call, students, an overhead projector. It's above your head. And someone would literally have to stand beside the overhead projector and sheet by sheet change out the lyrics of a song. And it was hot, okay? It was hot. It really was. We didn't have the technology that we have today. We didn't have the ability to play these awesome announcement videos before church started. We didn't have the ability to display these vibrant sermon graphics to make the preachers feel like they were doing a good job. All the time in the world wasn't spent on all of this. And I love it. Don't get against me. I'm not preaching against it. What I'm talking about is the time. And oh, how the times have changed. VHS to DVD to USB, my word, to digital change. Dial up internet to DSL, and now we have channel, we got fiber optic, wherever he's at. Change. Things from a not too distant past are now all but obsolete. What was once considered cutting edge technology, stuff we just had to have now lies in our storage room collecting dust. Things that once were shiny and new items are now sold at the local antique shop downtown at the flea market. Oh, how the times have changed. And if you have lived any amount of time, 
then you have experienced some type of change. Because with time comes change. No matter who you are, no matter how rich you are, how poor you are, whether you're the most successful or the unsuccessful, whether you have power or you feel powerless, time does not respect you. It changes. It just keeps running. And time is working against us. We live in an ever-changing world that's governed by time. Time. How many times have we looked back on situations and said, I just wish I had more time. Time. And I believe that we can all agree that time changes everything. It's out with the old and in with the new. And there are good times and there are some bad times. I'm reminded of a story that was written by Charles Dickens, The Tale of Two Cities, which states it was, you know this, it was the best of times, but it was also the, the worst of times. A book published in 1859, 163 years ago to be exact, is just as relevant, excuse me, relevant now as it is then, excuse me. We live in the best of times, we really do, but we also live in the worst of times. The best of times, I've got two wonderful kids and a wonderful wife that loves me. I got to watch my little girl get baptized in the name of Jesus. I get to coach my son's t-ball team. I get to drop ever off on Tuesdays and then pick her up an hour and a half later. It's the best of times. I get to come here and be the and just father my children and show them how to get to Jesus. It's the best of times. It really is. I have a wife that loves me that'll tell me the truth when I need to hear it. But it's still the best of times. But I also lay in bed at nighttime and I worry about the type of world that I'm leaving my kids in. Because if it was bad for me, it's going to be worse for them because it ain't getting any better. It's the best of times, but it's the worst of times. Technology has changed. It's the best of times. We now have cell phones where I can face sometimes somebody that's four hours away, like my mom and my dad, who I don't get to see very often. And I get to say, man, I miss my dad and I miss my mom. And I pick my phone up and I call them and I get to talk to them and it just takes all that miss away. Technology has made it awesome. It's the best of times. But that same technology has crippled me. And it went a year and a half before I had seen my mom and dad. Because, the, because I had FaceTimed them, I didn't feel the need to go see mom and dad. Because I could do it at my house. It's the best of times. But it's the worst of times. Social media. It's awesome. Isn't it? You can hop up on Facebook and connect with people that you haven't seen in 20 years from high school. You can see the person that you were best friends with and reconnect with them and relive your past and hash those things out. We can have webcast on Facebook. We can have webcast on social media or on YouTube. It's amazing. If it wasn't for social media and technology, we wouldn't have been able to have church during COVID. It was amazing. It wasn't the same, but thank God for it. It's the best of times. But that same social media has people that hadn't seen each other in 20 years reconnecting relationships that was never meant to be replaced and reconnected. And now we've got adultery running rampant in the church and we wonder why. We wonder why we can't be faithful to our wife and our husband. It's because we're reconnecting to things and I'm not preaching about that. And the same social media that made it so easy to webcast on a Sunday morning has people sitting at their house eating Cheetos and eating bologna sandwiches and watching church in the house shoes. Get back to the house of God. 
It was the best, but it's the worst. And if we're not careful, the bad things that's happening around us, they can cripple us. Because it's a whole lot easier to focus in on the bad than it is to realize how good it is. And if we're not careful, we become consumed by the worst of times. And if the enemy has his way, hear me, if the enemy has his way, our circumstances will destroy any and all hope that we have. Which brings me back to my text in my opening. A father brings his devil-possessed son to Jesus as a last resort. He is hopeless and he's at the end of his rope. The seizures that his son battles has all but wrecked his life. By this time, more than likely, the man has tried everything to have his son cured. Doctors, remedies, and even the apostles couldn't help this boy. To no avail, the seizures continued and the father found himself in a hopeless place. Finally, he gets his son to Jesus. And at this, up to this point, nothing has worked. Broken down and hopeless, he looks to Jesus and he asks, Will you please help my son? Help us. Have compassion on us. I've tried everything. I'm at the end of my ropes. Jesus, your apostles couldn't do it. Can you do it? Hear me this morning. The circumstances of this man's life had him defeated. If you don't believe it, go check it. It's the words that were spoken by Jesus in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, though. I don't want to linger too long, but it was the words spoken by Jesus here that I would like for us, if you would allow me, to lean into this morning. Jesus looks at a desperate man who has been robbed of all hope and says, If you can, I will. If you can believe, if you can have hope, if you can muster up some faith, all things are possible for the one who believes. The father looks back at Jesus and says, I believe. Help my unbelief. So Jesus heals the son and the hope of the father is restored. If you can, I will. If you can, I will. And I realize that now that the times and the circumstances around us can be downright dreadful. Take a look around. There is an epidemic of hopelessness. The enemy has waged an all-out attack against our hope. He has attacked our families. He has attacked our marriages. He has attacked our jobs. And I am mad about it while I say this. He has attacked our churches. He has attacked our friendships. And ultimately, he has attacked and shaken our faith. You see, the devil knows this, that if he can take our hope, then he can stop our faith. I'll say it again. The devil knows this. If he can take your hope, then he can stop your faith. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, it reads like this. Now faith is the substance of, 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 of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. So if he can swindle our hope, then he can rob us of our faith. Because faith is the substance. The word substance in the Greek is translated to this. It is the title or the deed. Faith, our faith, is the title or the deed to the things that we hope for. It's the title or the deed to our promise. 
Just like the song we just sang a few minutes ago. Ah, man, I'm not going to try and sing because I can't. But just like that song, may your favor be upon me. When we begin to sing those promises, we are able to sing those promises because in our hands we hold the title and the deed to those promises. So when we sing those songs, we're able to sing them with boldness because we know in our heart that we have the title. Do you hear me this morning? And the deed to those promises. Because faith is the substance. It's ours. We have the deed to the promises of God. In the faith described in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, it apprehends reality. It is that to which the unseen objects of hope become real. So we are supposed to understand and to believe that the promises of God toward you and toward me are ours by title and by deed. Go try to take something that somebody has a title and deed to. You'll find yourself behind bars. Or worse, possibly in a casket, depending on who you're dealing with. But it's ours. We own it. We have a title to it. It's as real as the nose on your face. The promises of God are concrete and tangible. They're real. But where there is no hope, there is no faith. Hope. Look at your neighbor and say hope. Hope is the key ingredient to faith. Hope is the key ingredient to faith. And without faith, we have no chance. Our faith is what lays the groundwork for God to do his work. Our faith is what gives us the courage to carry out the work of God. John the Baptist in Mark chapter 1 verses 2 and 3 is described as, John is described as the one who was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. To make a straight path for Jesus to operate. John did baptize in the wilderness and he preached repentance. John laid the foundation for baptism and remission for sins, making the way straight for Jesus to come in and fulfill his plan. Jesus worked from the plan that John prepared. It was John the Baptist that paved the way. But it was Jesus, his blood, and his promise that made it valid. It was by faith that John trusted in the Lord enough to make the path straight. But it was Jesus that validated it. It was the faith of John that gave him the courage to fulfill the work of God. And we are likewise called to operate by faith. It is up to us to lay the foundation for God to work in our lives. It is up to you and it is up to me to wake up in the morning and find a place beside our bed and pray. We lay the foundation. It is up to you and up to me to crack open this Bible and stand upon the Word of God. We lay our foundation. It is up to you and it is up to me to find a day and fast on it because we lay the foundation. And we lay this foundation by faith. By faith, we are clearing the way for Jesus. It's up to you and it's up to me to step out by faith, by laying the foundation of repentance and the baptism in Jesus' name. And by taking this step of faith, we're clearing the way for Jesus to fill us with his Holy Ghost. We lay the foundation. God brings the increase. But it's done by faith. It's faith. We live by faith. We operate by faith. It's always going to be faith. 
Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, The just shall live by faith. And we are called to have a relationship with God that is built upon faith. But faith requires something. Faith without works is dead. Faith takes action. Faith takes work. By faith, we lay the foundation. We plant the seed. We push through the hard times. We have hope. We trust in God. But the whole time we are having faith, we're planting the seed. And God, he's bringing the increase. So if you can, he will. It's our faith. And we have to, and, and if we have faith, and we can't, excuse me, have faith without hope. Because hope is what powers our faith. Which is why I'm convinced, I circle back, that our hope is under attack. The devil wants to destroy our families, our churches, and our lives. And he knows a great place to start is by taking our hope, which will cripple our faith. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The enemy is after your faith, and the enemy is after your hope. And he takes no days off, and he knows your weaknesses, and he knows your hangout spots, and he knows what you shouldn't be doing, and he knows where you shouldn't be going. That's why we have to live by faith. We lay the foundation of right works because we know that we have an adversary that goes around prowling, watching us, searching us, trying to trip us up. trying to. Let me tell you, you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. You crack the door, he'll kick it open. That's the devil. Don't ever make him think that he can't take you down because he can. Unless you put God in the picture. Because with God, all things are possible. But it takes foundation to have the faith that it takes to survive. But the enemy is after our faith and he's after our hope. And sometimes he's doing a really good job. But I've got some really bad news for the devil today. I got some really bad news for the devil today. Jesus, the God that we serve, he's the God of hope. Yeah, he's the God of hope. You can clap to that, that's okay. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says, Now the God of hope filled you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to tell you this morning that we are promised all. And we are promised all joy. We possess the title deed to it. Proverbs chapter 23 verse 18 says, Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. It may be the worst of times. Things may not be going your way. Your marriage may be under attack and your business may be under attack. And your faith just may be under attack. But I assure you this morning that we serve a God that is not consumed with the times. We serve a God that will not turn his back on us. We serve a God that goes before us. We serve a God that says, if you can, I will. There he is. We got to stand upon the word of God this morning. That's all we have is the word of God. At the end of it all, that's all we got. That's all we got, Brother Hodge. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but I put my trust in the name of the Lord. It's all we got. 
It's all you've got and it's all I've got. And I choose to stand upon the word of God. When the devil wants to come take my faith and the enemy enters in like a flood, I'll stand upon it. I'm going to pull one out of your hat. I'll stand upon it. I'll stand upon it. I'll stand upon it. I'll stand upon it. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things unseen. By it, the elders obtained a good report. You want to know how to make it through life? Get you some faith. Huh. Oh, it may be bad now. But hold on. Our glory's coming. Huh. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in you and me. It may be bad, but hold on. Grab that word. Grab that faith because our glory is coming. As long as there's breath in your lungs and Jesus Christ is still sitting on the throne, God is not finished with your story yet. And if you can muster up some faith this morning, if you can just step out from where you're at, I know that we serve a God that can show up in your situation and show out. If you can, He will. I realize it. Times may be tough. Odds may be stacked, but he doesn't care about odds. If you can, he will. I'm here this morning to bring you hope. I'm a hope dealer. Not a drug dealer, but I'm a hope dealer. If I can pick one thing to, to deal and get away with it, it's going to be hope. And I bring you hope this morning. I'm here to remind us that God's word is still yay and amen. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17 says, Oh, this is a good one. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that rise up against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Circumstances may have crippled you. Life may have you down and depressed. But they ain't going to prosper. If you can, he will. All things. Look at your neighbor and say all things. All things work together for those who are called to his purpose. It's time to align our will with his will. It's time to lay aside our wants and pick up what God wants. Because when we align our purpose with his purpose, all things work together for the good. Somebody needs to hear this morning. When we align our purpose with his purpose, all things work together. Now is not the time to back up. And now is not the time to give in. Now is not time to quit. I don't want to bring Cornelly into it, but we're on the, the one-yard line, and we're about to punch it in. I don't need you to lay down and say it's too bad. What we need you to do is stand up and say no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. And as long as Jesus Christ is still sitting up there on the throne, I'm good. As long as God's got my back, I'm not worried about anybody else. Last time I checked, it's still God on the throne. He's still the Alpha. He's still the Omega. He's still wonderful. He's still mighty. He's still the Counselor. He's still the Everlasting Father. And He's still the Prince of Peace. 
He's the God that called Lazarus out of the grave. He's the God that healed the lepers. He's the God that made the lame walk and the dumb talk. He's the God that fed 5,000. He's the God that heals cancer. He's the God of hope. He's the God that can have you stepping out of your grave. And I am persuaded this morning that if you will step out and trust the hand of God, that he will move in your life and God will move in your situation. If you can, he will. You may be seated. I just wonder, is there anybody in here this morning that just has a little faith? Just a little. Just a little. If you ain't got a whole lot, then use what you got. Faith, faith, faith. A little bit of faith. Just a little. Huh? I wonder if somebody wouldn't be so afraid to step out and say, I'm going to lay the foundation. If i got to lay it brick by brick, if i got to lay it prayer by prayer, it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at me. It doesn't matter what he puts my way. I know that my foundation is found in the Lord. He's still in the healing business. He'll still touch your life. He's still God. Newsflash, ain't nothing changed. He's not worried about the times. He ain't worried about all this. He's still God. He's still God. I'm coming to a close. Romans chapter 13, 15, verse 13. Let's pull up that one more time. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's a promise. Paul's letter to the Roman church clearly implies that we can have all hope and all joy and we can have peace in our lives and all can be all hunky-dory and we can go on about our lives. You will face tribulations. No, I ain't about to try to give you, sell you a line of nothing. But we receive this by the power of the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you don't have the promise. Paul was not preaching to the world. Paul was preaching to the church. Don't get it confused. Don't jump up in Romans and say, Oh, Lord, your promises are yea and amen. Oh, Lord, you promised me faith and hope and all these wonderful things. He might look back at you and say, Oh, Saint, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost because those promises are for the church. He ain't writing to unsaved people. He's writing to the church. And I'm here to tell you this morning that you can have your hope restored. You can. You can have your joy restored through the power of the Holy Ghost. If you can, He will. Someone asked me one time, why would I want the Holy Ghost? I said real quick back, why would you not want the Holy Ghost? But what I needed to say, do you not realize what comes with the Holy Ghost outside of heaven? We have promises throughout this whole Bible that are ours, ours, to the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't believe it. Live a little while. I've watched God heal cancer. I've watched God raise a dead man from the grave. If you can, He will. But it's going to take a little faith this morning. It's going to require something from you this morning. The God we serve is bigger. He's 
better. He's stronger than any circumstances that we could face. And if you could have a little faith this morning, God will step out in power. But do you feel like your life's under attack? Are you tired? Are you weary? Are you broken? Did you have a hard time getting to church this morning? Said, oh man, it's Sunday again. I gotta go in there, and if I don't, pastor's gonna realize it, and I'm probably gonna get a text. If he doesn't text you, I will. But are you broken? Has the joy left your life? Do you feel hopeless? Jesus is still the answer. It's always going to be Jesus. It's never going to stop being Jesus. When you pass on, it's going to continue being Jesus. And there's nothing in this world that can stop it from being Jesus. Because he is the God of hope. And he's here this morning as you stand on your feet. It was never God's design for us to make it through this life halfway. It was never God's design for you to have to pull your baggage in here on a Sunday morning and barely make it through the week. It was never God's design for you to walk around hopeless and broken and disgusted. No, it was God's design for you to prosper. And I'm not a prosperity preacher, not even. But it was God's design for you to have an abundant life. It was God's design for you to wake up in the morning and actually be happy about being awake. Am I talking to real people this morning? He's the God of hope. He's the God of hope. And if you don't have a whole lot of hope, I got a whole lot of God. And I implore you this morning, don't leave this place without connecting with the God of hope. Don't leave here this morning without receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost so you can have that promise on your life. Because His promises, yay and amen. They're not a get out of jail free card. Just because you receive the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you're not going to weather some storms. Just because you receive the power in your life doesn't mean you're not going to get sick. It just means you're going to have God there with you pushing you through it. And the whole time the storm's going on around you, it'll be peace in your boat. And I choose to have peace in my boat. So this morning I open these altars. If you're here and you need hope, if you're here and you're feeling broken, if you're at the end of your ropes, he's still the God of hope. He's still the God of hope. I open these altars now. If you feel like you, you I was talking to you, come down and pray. I wouldn't leave this place with this on the table. I would let God touch me and change me. In Jesus' name, let's pray together.